Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let me get started. Talk Recorded live. Okay, welcome to Prayer Warriors Needed because prayer warriors are needed. We are cross-streaming. This conference is being recorded. Okay, we are cross-streaming on um, uh, TalkShoe and FreeConferencing.com. And uh, tonight we're continuing our growth in God by reviewing what do we mean by suffering. Last time we looked at, um, we're still studying the book of Job, we looked at the purposes and benefits of adversity. Looking at trouble from heaven's perspective, we Thank you. 
to me. 
it's important to to myself. That's why. Okay. Okay. Okay, I got dropped. Um I hope all right, yeah, she I got dropped. Can you hear me now, Angela? Yes. Okay, a little better? Yes. It is. All right. And I'm not gonna connect that one into the uh into the room. I'll just leave that one. I wonder. Yes, because I'm talking directly. Yeah, that should be fine. Okay, now unless let me just see if the other one's working. They messed that up. Uh, yeah, free counseling thing. Okay, yeah, this should be okay. Nineteen nine. Uh I hope they messed up on this one. Okay. All right, we're gonna continue. All right, so yes, then God allows things. Now what we're looking at tonight. Oh boy, what's that? All right, what we're looking at tonight, what do we mean by suffering? So, God, we just thank you, Heavenly Father, for the privilege of prayer. We thank you, Heavenly Father, to be able to come together and just address these issues. And we know that in your time, God, things are going to turn around. We come together to bond and rebuke that demon force that needed that New Year's bloodshed in it. They killed innocent people with the mind control programming. We bind that demon spirit up. Every state in this kind of usurp authority on this earth by doing the devil's work, getting bloodshed, using curses and, and all kinds of demonic, roundish things to get to, to have control on this earth. We plead the blood of Jesus. We call that thing, let's stop null and void. And we decree and declare that each and every person, each and every one of us, each and every praying person will be blessed and highly stopped the praise. We give you the glory, we exalt your name. We thank you, God, for the will and the want to learn, Heavenly Father. Uh, I think your fan, Anne, your fan, your fan. Anne, yes, sir. Is yeah. your fan close to the phone? Okay, I don't, I don't, I can't mute you because I'm talking into the phone. No, because I'm talking. If you can, you just back up a little bit from the fan. Yeah, okay, I'll back up. Okay. All right. So yes, we thank you, Heavenly Father, and we just give you all the glory for another Sunday 
to be able to worship and praise your name. And even in the cold weather, Heavenly Father, we just we just thank you for all you've done, all you're going to do. And we thank you, God, for the great changes, the turnaround, the blessings that you have to come before us for 2017. We decree and declare that each and every one of us will be blessed and highly favored. We bring our bloodline before you, our children, our nieces, our nephews. We call them blessed. We call Elizabeth's family blessed, uh, Anne's family blessed, my family blessed, Angelica's family blessed, the bloodline blessed. Both they will be warriors for Christ. We will continue to move forward in Christ, and our bloodlines will also hold the banner for the Christ. We thank you, God, that we recognize our standing as soldiers in the army of the Lord. We thank you, God, that if we didn't know we're in a war, we know it now, Heavenly Father. And we accept our assignments, Heavenly Father. And we accept our assignments to work and do God's will on this earth because the Word of God tells us that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And we stand behind the most sovereign God. We thank you for leading and directing our path and all that we do. We thank you, God, for the hedge of protection over each and every one of us. We thank you, God, Heavenly Father, for you being God. We thank you, God, for your sovereignty, for your wisdom, your knowledge, for even when we don't understand that you're working it out. And we thank you, God, for the ability to come together, Heavenly Father, and learn more about the Word of God. We thank you that you gave us the book of Job, his life. That's the best reality TV show that it ever could be. That's the best reality uh, reality story that we could read to understand. We thank you, God. We have biblical countermeasures against the targeted individual program. We have big biblical countermeasures against the demonic plotting. We thank you, God. And we ask you, God, to bless that young man and and uh, that the that decrees that he was a mind control programming uh, 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 target, that his mind was being played with. My heart goes out for this man 26 years old, and now you're facing all of these killings, and these people know that they have these technologies to manipulate one's mind. And I thank you, God, that I wrote every letter about my nephew because I know they were plotting and planning. But I plead the blood of Jesus on Elijah Scott's life that they will not have not one praying person's child in the name of Jesus, they will, that they will not have even non-praying people that they'll be covered by the blood, that these demons will be exposed. I bind and rebuke and send back to the pit of hell everything associated with mind control, programming, murdering innocent people in any capacity. I plead the blood of Jesus on that stuff to be exposed and stopped in Jesus' name. And I pray for electro, uh, uh, mind control victims. I pray for the electronically harassed victims. I pray for the blacklisted victims, economically assassinated, legally abused, legally, legally attacked, exploited, fraudulent debt collection, foreclosure, fraudulent, horrific uh, judges that are being pay, uh, paid off. I bind and rebuke that stuff in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus that righteousness will reign across this earth and that God's people will get busy to bring righteousness on this earth. I bind up everything associated with induced poverty, everything associated with taking people's money away and giving it to the rich, destroying innocent people. I bind up the spirit of oppression. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that in your time things are going to turn around. And Lord, I give you all the praise, and I thank you for the privilege of prayer. I 
thank you for the privilege to learn more about the Word of God. I thank you, God, for everything we are going to uh, learn in this lesson on the book of Job. <laughs> so let me go right into in Jesus' name. Let me go right into this. What do we mean by suffering? Should we accept every difficulty as coming from... Should we accept every difficulty as coming from the hand of God? <coughs> no. In another sense, we should not. This is not the intention of studying the book of Job. Take the same situations into our lives, and our enemies should be resisted with all of our strength. Okay. That's so much background noise. I just got to turn it down. Okay. So should we accept every difficulty is coming from the hand of God? No. Every difficulty is not coming from the hand of God. But we must understand that God uses the devil to get his people in order to test his people. This is not the adversity, problem, suffering is not the intention of studying the book of Job. Satan sends situations into our lives and our enemies should be resisted with all of our strength. <clears throat> this course is not seeking to promote passivity towards Satan and the kingdom of darkness. We are in a real battle against real enemies. When we are sick, we should pray for healing. When we are in need, we should seek God for his provision. And we should war a spiritual war against the powers of darkness and hold people in the clutches of iniquity. Ephesians 6, 10, 18. On the other hand, God still has Satan around for a very important reason. God uses the enemy to test us, and he uses adversity to develop us and get our attention. When a problem or attack of Satan comes into our lives, we should ask God if there's something in particular he is trying to say to us which we have not been able to hear. God allowed Satan to buffet Job for a season, but afterwards God gave Job the upper hand over Satan. When a man's ways pleases God, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him, Proverbs 16, 7. God will give us the ascendancy over Satan when issues are adjusted and put right in our lives. But God often uses adversity and Satan to get our un- God will avenge us of our enemy when our obedience is fulfilled. Second Corinthians ten six. Facing the problem of it's not fair. Well, I mean, it's not fair is continually in our dialogue. It indicates two things. We still have not learned the ways of God. We are still not in victory. How often do we say it's not fair? I deserve something better in life. I hate my job. Others have better jobs. They work less, but they paid more. It's not fair. Why do I always have to make every nickel count while others have an abundance? It's not fair. I don't have nice clothes like my sister. It's not fair. I was deprived of a happy childhood. Why did God let it happen? It's not fair. God isn't fair. I'm too tall, too short, too fat, too thin. I have terrible skin, hair, eyes, my nose too big. Why couldn't I look like someone else? It's not fair. I was right and the other person was wrong. He was praised and I was put down. There is no justice. It's not fair. 
I felt the Lord showed me something I was to see, and then it all turned out to be wrong. God, let me make a mistake. God, let me make it. He let me make a mistake. It's not fair. God isn't fair. If that's the way it is, I quit. Why does God allow this situation to continue when I know he can change it? He's not fair. God didn't give me a happy marriage. He let me down. God has failed me. God is not fair. Why does God have favorites? It's not fair. God hasn't provided enough. It's not fair. God doesn't care enough. It's not fair. I've got a raw deal in life. It's not fair. God isn't fair. I deserve something better. I deserve better health, better job, better house, better spouse, better conditions, more happiness, more justice, more approval, more recognition, more money. The truth is, we don't even deserve what we have. We should realize it's not fear. It's actually an attack against God, the provider and shepherd of our soul. It is saying in said, God has not been fair. He has not taken care of me. He has been sensitive to my need. God is hard and uncaring. God is partial. He has saved me. He is good to some and unloving to others. God is irresponsible. These complaints reveal unresolved problems in our hearts that show that we're not viewing life from a scriptural perspective. When a Christian constantly complains of injustices, it shows he is not in victory. These complaints are the very reason we have not found favor with God. God wants to perfect us. He wants to mature us to an excellent spirit of thankfulness. Complaining reveals the following the lack of gratitude. Rather than thanking God for a multitude of good things, the complainer focuses only on those things he still wants. A woman said to me one time, God has failed me. He has not given me a happy marriage. That's quite a thing to say about God. As I reflect upon the statement, she had six beautiful children and plenty of good food to eat. All of them had healthy bodies the hope of everlasting life, and 10,000 other blessings. Scripture says he daily loads us with benefits, Psalm 68, 19. His mercies are new every morning, Lamentations 3:22. In addition to all his blessings, God has not given us the punishment we deserve. Complaining is an attitude that says God owes me something. He has not treated me fairly. Man forgets how much he owes God. Complaining shows the depth of man's unthankfulness. Contentment is absent. Joy is the result of being fully satisfied with God's presence rather than having numerous material blessings. David had found fullness of joy in God's presence. Can we be happy just with Jesus or possibly certain things? A nice house, fancy clothes, being successful. Is your heart overly attached to human love? One of the greatest reasons for unhappiness concerns the issue of human love. So often, human love is idolatrous. When human love is worship, it never brings any joy because an idol has no life. Paul learned to be content with whatever the hand of God brought into his life. David said, at thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. If we allow God to reduce us to 
Psalms 27.4, we will find the same contentment and fulfillment that David and Paul discovered. We are comparing ourselves with others. Comparing is what God tells us not to do in 2 Corinthians John 12. Every time we do that, God tells us not to do, we have trouble. If we will stop comparing ourselves with others, we will save ourselves a lot of grief. Comparing is the major fault in man. We look at others and assume that we should have what they have. When we cannot have what others have, we call it unfair and then we are angry. Perhaps if we had the same things, it would not be good for us. Maybe it could even destroy us. The only one we should compare ourselves with is the chief cornerstone, the Lord Jesus Christ. Complaining is a criticism of God and his wisdom. The redeemed as well as the unredeemed criticize God. Man complains constantly of the way God has fashioned him, let him, provided for him, and permitted circumstances to come into his life. The Israelites were ever guilty of this because of it they found no favor with God, Hebrews 3, 7. They never partook of what God had planned for their lives. When we hurry God, we're criticizing him, Lord, oh boy, now uh, talk show. Can you hear me on talk show? Uh, Angela, can you hear me? Now that's the torture. Ay, ay, ay. What the fight? Hmm. They don't want, they don't, none of us, this message to get out. That's all I can say. Because I think it's quite relevant to target individuals because I'm on services unavailable. Ah. Can you hear me on talk show, Angela? No. Can you hear me? Can you hear me on talk show? I I I hear you, Anne, so I know you're there. Angela, can you hear me? I'm gonna call back into talk show. Okay, I call back in. <laughs> All right, I call back in. And, um, oh boy, this other phone has so much static. Uh, can you hear me? Testing. Ann, can you hear me? Well, I know her phone is very all that background. All right, let me try and finish this up. Ay, ay, ay. 
There's a lot of good stuff in here. It gives us understanding and clarity. Looking at giving God thanks regardless of what, regardless of what we're going through, and not comparing ourselves with others. Complaining is a criticism of God and His wisdom. The redeemed as well as the unredeemed criticize God. Man complains constantly of the way God has fashioned him, led him, provided for him, <clears throat> and permitted circumstances to come into his life. The Israelites were ever guilty of this. Because of this, they found no favor with God. They never partook of what God had planned for their lives. When we hurry God, we criticizing him, Lord. You sure take your time. It's foolish to criticize God for the way he fashioned us. God made us exactly as we are for a purpose. God uses physical flaws to develop special grace and a special message in our lives. God can remove a problem when it ceases to serve a divine purpose. We're not viewing life from God's perspective. We complain when we do not understand his ways. Continually complaining about injustices is evidence that we do not understand God's ways. When we do understand, we will appreciate the truth that adversity is working for our benefit. Trouble is our servant, like in Corinthians 4.17. Joseph could look back upon all the injustices of his life and say God meant it for good. Injustices ushered Joseph to the throne. Complaining shows being conformed to Christ's image is secondary. The man, the man whose goal is to be conformed to the image of Christ as a God-given wisdom, he discerns the hidden hand of God in the difficulties and irritations of life. He understands that God has a purpose for everything. Therefore, rather than complaining of people, his thanks, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. On the other hand, the people who are uncommitted and looking for an easy life constantly complain about the circumstances. They cannot see any benefit at all that would result from adversity. Complaining means that our wells are blocked. Complaining is an attack against God. Complaining diminishes all our faith and all our joy. Complaining means we are not giving thanks and there is no song in our hearts to the Lord. Unbelief and complaining go hand in hand. Complaining is something God dislikes. See Numbers 11.1. Complaining reveals the following. That gratitude is missing. It is impossible to be thankful while complaining. That the focus is upon what one wants rather than the multitude of blessings he already has. That contentment in circumstances has not been learned. That we are comparing ourselves with others and be angry because we don't have what they have. That we're criticizing God and his wisdom, believing we can do things better. That we're not viewing life from God's perspective. That being conformed to Christ's image is not our ultimate goal. No benefit is seen in adversity. That our wells are blocked, faith and joy of God and unbelief is reigning. We must understand this truth about adversity. If God allowed a lingering problem in our lives, it means we need it. Wow. Targeted individuals? I know. I read before. Let me just suggest that God will allow some evil to continue for the benefit, for the benefit of humankind. 
God is trying to show us something or accomplish something, yeah, I believe he's using the eyes to bring out a major issue. When the issue God is addressing is he will then remove the thorn, 2 Corinthians 10, 6. When mind control programming, when the Satanists in high positions, when they, when they get exposed because of the great work that targeted individuals are doing, that's when the program will end. Remember, God left the problem in David's life, Saul. Saul chased David for years, and God did not allow David to have dominion over him. After the special redeeming work of grace was completed in David's heart, humility, dependence on God, patience, then God removed the problem. He removed Saul, the tormentor, Proverbs 16, 7. This truth is seen in the life of Joseph. Joseph, the son of Jacob, grew up in an unhappy home of strife and envy. His brothers conspired to kill him. Joseph was completely righteous, but he entered a period in his life when everything went wrong. Joseph was the us. Was it fair? Yes. Look at the finished product. He was sent to a foreign land and was sold into slavery. In Egypt, he was betrayed and placed in a dungeon for years. And yet in all of this, God was preparing him to be a deliverer for his generation. This moved him a little closer to the throne. Dark times, confusion, painful delays, and cruel accusations were putting iron into his soul. Since Joseph was going to become a savior to his generation, God had to temper him as steel so that he would not break under the pressure. It was Joseph who had the answers for his generation, answers he obtained in unusual and difficult circumstances. Surely every injustice is a blessing in disguise. They are fear in God's economy. God meant it all good. God uses everything for our ultimate good. A few helps for overcoming the it is not fair syndrome, conquering bitterness. Be thankful. <clears throat> Rather than dwelling on what we do not have, we should stop and count our blessings. We should has done for us and for everything he has brought into our lives. First Thessalonians 5.18. Even the dark times of God's gifts and treasure unto us. Some of life's greatest treasures are found only in the dark. Thankfulness runs every defeat into victory. Gratitude also brings faith and joy into our heart in God's favor. Therefore, <clears throat> let us offer the sacrifices of thanksgiving. Do not compare yourself with others, 2 Corinthians 10, 12. Bitterness comes when we measure ourselves with others and then expect equality. Scripture commands us not to compare ourselves with others. Never mind what others have. We should learn to be satisfied with those things the wisdom of God has allotted to us. Fully forgive all your offenders. It's easier to forgive others than we realize how we hurt others. People who cannot forgive are oblivious to the injury they have caused others. They are sensitive only to their own hurt. Let us release offenders from hurts and losses that have caused us. 
pardon them of all broken promises and disappointments on the basis of Ephesians 4.32, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Psalms 103.10 tells us God has not given us the judgment we deserve. Therefore, we should be lenient with others. Remember, when you harden yourself towards someone, you will not be able to open your heart to God. The heart becomes insensitive and crusted over. Stay tender. Bitterness is the result of refusing available, sustaining grace when we are hurt. Hebrews 12, 15. Do not avenge yourself. Striking back and trying to get even only makes us harder. Proverbs 24, 29. Be God. 1 Peter 2, 23. Venting it out of our system does not work in the long run. Each time we exercise the old nature, it only makes us stronger. Practice thinking merciful thoughts towards the senders. What we choose to meditate on is important. Words and actions begin in our thoughts. Practice thinking something good about your offenders. This requires great effort and grace. Then when we speak to them, it will come out more gracefully. Also, do little gestures of kindness to those who have hurt you. Speak constructively of them to others. Above all, pray for them. Recognize that God has a hidden blessing in every injustice. If we keep our hearts right, cruel and miserable experiences will bring numerous blessings. Injustices are ordained of God to bless our latter end. Genesis 50:20. Remember that God will vindicate you sooner or later. Do not always expect justice in this life. Jesus had no justice here on earth. However, he will be vindicated when he comes again, and he will be vindicated for all eternity. In some cases, we may not have vindication until the day of judgment, 1 Peter 2.23. But be assured of this, sooner or later, God will surely bring everything into light and justice will be needed out. Jesus suffered injustices too. We're not better than he. We are called upon to suffer for the sake of righteousness and to be a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Should our master bear injustices and his bride have none? Quite the contrary. The apostles rejoice that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Accept everything God This is true meekness. Whatever God sends our way is designed for our benefit and perfecting. God will remove the thorn when his special work is accomplished in our lives. God's wisdom and love are perfect towards us. He is worthy to be trusted, and when we show this trust, it satisfies the heart. Adapt the mentality that we do not deserve anything. We do not deserve more or better of anything. We deserve nothing. God does not owe us anything. He loves to bestow many general kindness upon man, but man does not deserve them. Man in general is unthankful, ungrateful. Gratitude for what we already possess will lead to sincere praise and worship. It is impossible to praise and worship properly with ungratefulness permeating our heart. God loves a cheerful giver. God loves cheerful givers, those who serve and sacrifice cheerfully in everything they do. 
Scripture exhorts, delight thyself in the Lord. Those who delight themselves in the Lord will come into all the promises of God. Numbers 14.8. Our attitude is so important if we desire God's favor. The heavenly bridegroom desires to free his bride of all negative tones, complaining, criticizing, ingratitude. There's nothing negative at all about Christianity. Christianity is light. Christ himself is light. Therefore, the true Christian message contains nothing that is gloomy. Overcoming is not fair. Be grateful. Keep a song in your heart. Do not compare yourself with others. Fully release all your offenders. Realize how much you have hurt others. Do not avenge yourself. Practice thinking merciful thoughts towards offenders. Recognize that God has a disguised blessing in every injustice. Remember that God will vindicate you sooner or later. Jesus suffered injustices too. We're not better than he is. Except everything God sends is more than fair. A the mentality that we deserve nothing. Finally, seeing judgment from God's perspective. What is your concept of judgment? What do you think of when someone mentions judgment or God's judgment? Usually we're affected in a negative way. The word itself seems to carry the sense of a heavy penalty, punishment, and displeasure from the hand of God. However, though, it could mean any of these. A better definition of the word could help clear up these negative misconceptions. Everyone shall be judged. God has made it clear that all of mankind, good or evil, must be judged, and none shall escape. And he shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. For when he comes to judge the earth, he shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with his truth. God judges the righteous, and God is angry with the wicked every day. Still, the question remains, what do we really mean by judge? Doing is the Hebrew word signifying in judgment. It means to rule, to judge as an umpire, to strive at law, contend, execute, minister, judgment, plead the cause. Shabbat is another Hebrew word that is used to describe judgment. It means to judge, to pronounce sentence, to vindicate or punish, to govern, to litigate, to avenge, to condemn, to defend, to execute judgment, be a judge, plead, reason, and rule. And finally, prino is a Greek word used in scripture to judgment. It means to distinguish, to decide mentally or judicially by implication, to try, condemn, punish, avenge, call in question, or sentence. God will judge evil in our hearts now so that we are spotless in the day of judgment. With a full definition of the word judgment, we are able to see that God's judgment is not always the case wherein we will be found guilty to be punished. It may mean judgment unto cleansing and vindication. The purpose of trials is to see what is in our hearts and to rid us of everything that is unlike the one who is judging us. His eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men, Psalms 11 4. To follow after righteousness, we must first follow after the one to whom righteousness belongs. The righteous judge of the universe will examine us with all seeing eyes. He will send testings and trials in order that all hidden iniquity may be sifted out of us as it was from Job. 
during the sifting time, we often lose sight of the reason for the trial for which is present, for which is to present us blameless before the spotless one. An understanding of this and results makes us better able to accept and welcome his righteous judgment in our lives. A close examination of scripture reveals several major reasons for God's judgment upon the earth and in our own personal lives. These purposes challenge some of today's theology, but if we can embrace the truth of God's word, we shall come to know the victory that God intended for our lives through the purification of judgment. Several reasons for judgment. Judgment unto deliverance, judgment unto vindication, judgment unto proving, judgment unto holiness, judgment unto reward, judgment unto love, and judgment unto glory. All right. All right. So I'm going to continue uh, that next week. I'll just let me summarize. Uh, what we went over tonight. We looked at tonight. What do we mean by suffering? Should we accept every difficulty coming from the hands of God? No. We learned that God would use the enemy to allow tests and trials in our life, adversity, so that we could pass the test and move to the next level. We looked at facing the problem of it's not fair. And we learned that um, we can all sit down and say, this is not fair, that, that's not fair. God doesn't work under that. We must realize it's not fair. actually an attack against God, who is the provider and the shepherd of our soul. It is saying, in effect, God has not been fair. He has not taken care of us. He's insensitive to us, and we should not be saying that. These complaints reveal unresolved problems in our heart and show that we're not viewing life from spiritual perspective. When a Christian constantly complains of injustices, it shows he is not in victory. These complaints are the very reason we are not found favor with God. God wants to mature us to an excellent spirit of thankfulness. Complaining reveals a lack of gratitude, contentment is absent that we're comparing ourselves with others, that we complain. complaining is a criticism of God and his wisdom. Complaining states that we are not viewing life from God's perspective. Complaining shows being conformed to Christ's image is secondary. Complaining means that our wells are blocked. Complaining reveals that gratitude is missing, that we are comparing ourselves with others, that we're criticizing God, that we are not viewing life from God's perspective, that being conformed to Christ's image is not our ultimate goal. We must understand that the truth about adversity, if God has allowed a lingering problem in our lives, it means it's there for a reason. He is trying to show us something or accomplish something when the issue of God is addressing or is correcting or adjusting. When the issue God is addressing is correcting or adjusting, he will then remove the thorn. Mm. Remember, God left the problem in David's life, and that was Saul. Saul chased David for years, and God did not allow David to have dominion over him. 
after the special redeeming work of grace was completed in David's heart, humility, dependence on God, and patience, and God removed the problem. He removed Saul, which honored them. The truth is seen also in the life of Joseph in the book of that. Every injustice inflicted on Joseph moves him closer to his throne. Joseph was thrown in the dungeon, yet he became one of the greatest leaders. He led a generation of people. So we've learned that adversity is coming to our lives to make us a better person, to make us more mature. And we have learned that you know, despite the circumstances which we may not like, this targeted individual program, God can use this program to change the entire earth. And I believe that is the purpose of targeted individuals. But they have to understand the biblical reasons for it, or else you go crazy. We have to understand to be thankful no matter what, not compare ourselves with others. Forgive those who have offended us, who have harmed us. Don't avenge yourself and pray for your enemies. And always be a cheerful giver to to the work of God. Give up your time, give up your energy. Do something that can grow you up in God and show it, and then you can share that with other people. And to overcome, uh, it's not fair. You don't uh, find yourself in that boat. Be grateful, release your offenders, and adapt the mentality that we deserve nothing, that it is God's grace and mercy. If you're real to us, you know it's God's grace and mercy that you're still on planet Earth. Because if this thing had the real power, you wouldn't even be here. So we thank you, God. And then we went into judgment. I'm going to do judgment next week because that's a much longer. <laughs> We're looking at judgment from God's perspective. He's not sitting there uh, with the stick, judging us and that. But everyone will be judged one day. And we're, going to read, we're going to learn more about that and what he's looking at. And I think God, God's ultimate goal is to have us pass these tests. Excuse me, on earth. <laughs> And to reveal the power of God, the kingdom of God, to many of the people that don't know about it, and to pray for these these statements that are doing this harm so that they can be exposed and removed. So, with that being said, God, we thank you for this reading, the reading on turning the curse to a blessing. We ask you, God, to strengthen every person. It has been assaulted with a demonic attack in some form or fashion. Whether they're a targeted individual, whether they know it or don't know it, God, we actually give them the strength to know that that attack can be turned into a blessing. God, we give you all the praise and the glory. We may not like our situation. We bind up that spirit of induced poverty. We bind up the spirit of uh, induced homelessness. We bind up the spirit of legal abuse, uh, electronic assault, mind control programming. But God, we know that you're all sovereign. And you've given us this knowledge for a reason to make a great impact on this earth. I actually believe by recognizing each and every targeted individual, those that know they are and those that may not know, to use them, God, to the capacity you created them for 
to cause a storm in, in Satan's kingdom to break it up and expose, to break up and expose electronic harassment, to break up and expose blacklisting, legal abuse, all the works of Satan, killing people in the beginning of the year so that, so that demons can stay in power. I bind that stuff up in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, for the privilege of prayer, and I thank you, God, for the privilege of being able to get a better understanding, get spiritual knowledge on how to counteract a wicked curse from the pit of hell that we bind rebuke and we call null and void through the blood of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, God, for the victory that these praying targeted individuals will have in their lives as you use these experiences, God, to make us a better person, to mature us, to grow us up, to be the men and women you created us for. I thank you, God, and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Any comments? Any comments? Any comments? Lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.